What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Maybe hey, hey, but Philly Habes. How you, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we're, we're citizens of the world, keeping track on the news. Your power been on over there? Uh, yes. Yeah, yes, it has. Uh, but many people around Good. me have lost power. Somehow, you know. Guess we uh, this, the HOA fees I'm paying come come through in a in a pitch, you know. All right, good. How's uh, how's my city treating you? Maybe maybe PG&E is a big listener. Well, I, I see podcast. a couple. I've seen a couple people snap and at tweet at PG&E like, "Hey guys, this ain't they don't give a shit," you know. It's like I, I get it. We're all frustrated, and it is just from a. Uh, just civilization seems a little nuts though. You see some of the pictures of the fires. Like it's not one of those. They're just randomly doing it. Like the winds were extreme. It does make sense. Right. I I do get it. But you know, if you're super frustrated, like to me, the only people that have the, I I would say, I don't know if leverage is the right word, but the, the ability to be really mad would be if you have younger kids. Like, if you're an empty nester, like, shut the fuck up. Just put on some candles and drink some water. Like, no, no one gives a shit about yeah, or like, if you like, Or if you have a medical condition that relies on you. On pa- yeah, something like that. Little kids, older people medically, or just any age medically. But if, if you're just some rich guy in a big house with your kids are graduated, or even if your kids are like teenagers, fucking suck it up. Watch, read some books and, you know, turn on the candles. It sucks. I mean, no one's acting like it's cool. This is, I, we want to go back to the 1700s, but... It is what it is. Because people, you know, LeBron was tweeting about it yesterday. And, you know, he had to leave his house. And then I saw something on Twitter. Someone was driving to the 405 really early in the morning, you know, over that, like, Bakersfield Pass. Maybe even a little pass. I mean, it was just it was just crazy flames. I mean, it was insane. You remember this, like, 10 years ago? Because I don't. I don't remember it, like, five years ago. Yeah. It feels but, like it went 0 to 60 fast, didn't it? I know. I was at. Uh, I went to uh, your your old town, Philadelphia. I've gone by some of the old haunts, like mixed pizza. You guys get uh, a slice? 
No, actually, no. We were on. I was in an Uber. I, <clears throat> I, you know, I don't really have a great sense of where I was when I visited you in Philadelphia when you were working for the Eagles. But I've South, driven by a bunch South of, Philly. Do you drive by the stadium yet? Uh, just on the way back from the airport. But I, but I've hit like I've just been in an Uber. And I've looked like, oh, I was there, or oh, there was mixed pizza. I was there. I didn't realize where I was exactly, but I'm recognizing these places. You know, we didn't do when I visited you back in the day. The uh, we didn't go to like Independence Hall and see the Liberty Bell. Yeah, I never did, guy. Yeah, I lived there for two years. And I still didn't go to the Liberty Belt, but I went to Independence Hall where they signed the uh, Declaration of Independence. Yeah, in the George. summer of 1787, John, with no the doors pa- closed. No power. The The windows didn't open. They didn't get a fresh breeze. Everyone's wearing wool and, like, probably not wigs, but I don't know how people did it, man. The, the body odor must have just been off of the charts. You know what they did, guy? They just did it. They just you know? did it. You know, what are you going to do when you eat? Well, you go find something and you eat it and you kill it and then you eat it. They didn't you know, know we, what they didn't have. Yeah, we complain about every little thing. And it's why I've, uh, I've tried to cut the complaining out because well, old George and those people. Yeah. As somebody with power, I'm not criticizing the people who don't have it for complaining. I'm just saying I don't know how anyone did it then, but they just did it. Do you, get a, do you feel the birds like is a big eagle presence there in Philly? Yes, big time. I was I went for a walk during their game the other day Sunday before we did a podcast and just heard cheering coming you know just cheering everywhere from bars. What about what about Joe Girardi? What's the buzz there on the Girardi hire? Uh, Uber driver wasn't thrilled with it at first because Joe was a Yankee. Yeah, but uh, but you know his his friends talked him into it. Gotcha. I said, "What do you think of Bryce?" He's like, "Love Bryce. We love Bryce in Philly. Plays hard." Oh, okay. Okay, I. I'll say one thing for Girardi. But now this 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 man cried when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. He told me, I, I don't think he was alone. Uh, I I would imagine that Girardi is not a big uh, sugar guy. His jawline at about mid fifties is still going strong. I mean, he looks. I, I'm jealous, not jealous of the diet because it's probably really really boring. But man, he is a machine. I, yes. I like him. I mean, I, if you told me Girardi had been a lieutenant colonel, I'd believe you. I, I think I had read that his dad something like he had like a Herm Edwards type upbringing. Okay. Because you don't just randomly luck into that type of discipline, do you? You know, you either are wired like that from age five, or you never have it. And Girardi's a beast. And I, I watched a little bit of like Howard Eskin was sitting down with him yesterday. Man, I, I mean, I. The Giants, I mean, who are going to end up, I'm sure, with Gabe Kapler, I would have fucking much rather had Joe Girardi. At least he's a professional. I mean, I the Giants are going to end up with Gabe Kapler, guy. That's surely where it's headed right now. That's really? pretty nuts. I mean, I think he's – I just read yesterday he's getting a second interview. Oh, who, yeah. who, are, who are their options? You know? I mean, are you available? Well, Wotus is out. You know, Wotus is out, of course. Yeah. Now, at the end of the day, Farhan's basically the manager, but here's what it is. Uh, all right, this podcast is brought to you by Ease and EaseWellness.com promo code HAM. I saw you tweeted a photo of you and Coward from the other night, and somebody tweeted, Coward on that Ease? Uh, looks a little glassy-eyed. I looked at it, I said, uh, I don't think so, he but maybe. Normal. He looked normal to me. He, maybe he had a kettle soda or something. <laughs> that's, but, uh, that's what my guess was. I, I took the photo because it got, you know, our heights looked equal, so it was a, it was a good it was a good. It did, I noticed shot. that, yeah. Not like uh, you and Carson Palmer shot. No, no, not at all. I mean, Carson is about nine feet tall, but I don't blame ease.com, promo code HAM, uppers, downers, pre-rolls, vapes, gummies. Got to love a good gummy. 
Go to ease.com, promo code HAM, as well as our friends at easewellness.com, promo code HAM for CBD. CBD is a game changer, but ease.com, tell all your friends, tell all your friends. I guess someone tweeted out, oh, Ease retweeted it on Silicon Valley, you know that show Mm -hmm. on HBO. Their opening credits have like, uh, it's kind of an animated version of Silicon Valley where it just fakes it like all the Silicon Valley tech companies are all next to each other. Yeah. And between Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. the Ease headquarters in, oh, on the show. So nice. that's, that's pretty cool. So Ease.com, promo code HAM. Promo code HAM. Anyone 21 and over gets verified online in minutes. You browse, you pick, it gets delivered to you immediately. And like John said, the EaseWellness.com, those are uh, drop shipments uh, to your door in two to three business days. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Promo code there is HAM1. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts, better lines than any other sports book. Uh, with that promo code, you double your first deposit. If you choose, you can also decline the uh, the doubling of the first deposit, but promo code HAM1 at mybookie.ag. Yep. Uh, last night felt like a, a steal, getting the Dolphins plus 14. Uh, but it's, it's always nerve-wracking betting on a team that probably is not going to win a game. But the number we've already looked at, guy, which is a little nuts, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it this week, is the 49ers minus 10. So basically, you get three points automatically as the home team. So they're almost a two-touchdown two favorite on the road on a short week on Halloween. I mean, this is not September 10th. These guys are tired. Uh, you take the Niners minus 10. That's that's a big, big line. And also, I, I don't ever remember a World Series flipping faster than this one. They went from looking like, God, could the Nationals sweep to all of a sudden, is Scherzer dead and are the Nationals screwed? And right now, I guess the Nationals are favored tonight because I would imagine Strasburg's going. But they're still a pretty big underdog to win the World Series. I'm pulling up the odds right now. Do you remember anything flipping this fast, guy? Um, no, but I will tell you, i got to give credit to our buddy John Dickinson, who when it was 2-0 Nat said, this thing's coming back to Houston, and Houston can still very much win the series. It, they were They were basically... Minus two hundred after they were up two nothing, so you'd have to bet yep. two hundred dollars to win a hundred. Now a hundred dollars on the Nats to win this series would win you five hundred and twenty-five dollars. They're plus five twenty-five, so basically over five to one right now to win it. Wow! So if Strasburg pitches tonight, who would what would the guy's name be? Sanchez pitch tomorrow. Annabelle going Wednesday, the day this podcast is out. Y- you I could say that it's a little easier for the Nationals to hit right in Houston. Because they didn't hit very well in Washington. It was cold. They are just, obviously, the Astros can pitch. But it's I, I wouldn't say it's a neutral field because it's clearly a home field. But it's just, maybe they feel comfortable there. You know, it's easier to play baseball, in my opinion, I, in, the, I, in the heat. I hope so. I mean, I again, this podcast out on Wednesday, so everyone listening already knows. But I hope we've got a Game 7 Wednesday night. It's one of the best things. Even though I know no one's been watching this World Series relative to other World Series. Is that true? Yeah. You saw some ratings that were down? Well, it was yeah, and it was just like Fox needs this thing to be seven games to kind of just get the viewership numbers up. To but, justify uh, the ads yeah, that selling? Most of the individual games have been some of the lowest rated games in years. It's just, you know, I, I say it all the time. Listen, I like it. You obviously like it. The, the, the consumer, I just talk to my peers, they're just not as into it. And, they you know, people like sports. They're just just hard to drive them there you you can't depend on being irrelevant for six months and just expect people to flip the switch especially when you're flipping the switch like 
listen, I talk about football for a living, and I found the game, the Monday night game, kind of boring, but the numbers always show it quadruples even just like a random World Series games unless the Yankees are in it. Yeah, bad bad football is still football. Just yeah. like bad pizza is still pizza. 100%. Um, all right, you mentioned the Niners, John. They have won five of their seven games by double digits, by more than 10 points as I look back at their schedule. As you said, they are favored by 10 points on Thursday night against the Cardinals. Quick check of the Cardinals Monday as we're recording this Tuesday, but uh, you don't get that many practices when you play on a Thursday night. And they don't have running backs. They had to make a trade Monday for Kenyon Drake. David Johnson got hurt like three weeks ago. Chase Edmonds got hurt, hamstring, I think, in the game that he was playing really well in. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of reasons just to think the Niners roll. I think the recent history would say that they roll. They just, in a league where you don't blow people out, they don't, they've been blowing people out. So here's my question to you. In the National Football League, are there trap games? And would this qualify as one? I would 100% agree there are trap games once you get later in the season because even if you're a new team to success, as the Niners are, I think when you look several years ago at like the Jaguars when they came out here to play the Niners and we've talked about this game, your record kind of speaks for your team, right? So when you're playing a team that's – you're playing the Dolphins in December and they're 0-13 – like, you can, you know, Belichick can stand there, or Kyle can stand there and be like, well, look at this guy, how hard he's playing. And you're just like, coach, they fucking haven't won a game. This one's a little different because there's two factors that, while they're, they're two of their better players, I mean, David Johnson, you could argue, beside like Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones, their third best player, he's been out now for a couple games. But then Chase Edmonds, who just had kind of a historic game a couple weeks ago when you told someone not to put him on their fantasy team, now he's out. You just start looking around, like, the team's not very good. But their record isn't that shitty. Like, they're 3-4-1 and one right now, right? So, is that is that correct? Uh, sorry, I don't have to... Yes. I, so, they're 3-4-1. and one. So, to me, their record is still like, you know, it's fine. And it's a Thursday game. So, anytime there's a Thursday game, is it fair to say the record doesn't factor in as much just because you don't even have time to think? You just play, and then you practice, and you play again. Especially if you're the road team, everything's happening so fast. You, it might be a trap game in the sense that your body's trapped in being sore, but I don't think you look at an opponent, and I, I would say the Cardinals, at, as of today, and as when the Niners play them here in a 48 hours, which is nuts. I mean, as we're recording this on Tuesday, like that's still not very far away, let alone Wednesday. You know, they travel on Wednesday. You don't really have time to think like that. Now... In a couple weeks, when they go Thursday night, let's say they win this game and they cover the spread. Then they play Seattle regardless what – well, I guess let's say they beat Seattle. So they would be 9-0. and Then they play Arizona again. It's one of those like you play them, then you play another game, then you play a team again. I mean, obviously it can only happen with a divisional opponent. I could see that game at Levi's would be one that we'd already have a red flag. Like this thing could get a little weird because – I would, wouldn't you say that's what happens sometimes with a divisional opponent when you kick the shit out of them and then you play them relatively quickly the second time? Yeah. You don't take them as seriously? Also, if they've beaten Seattle, they've beaten Arizona, they've beaten the Rams, you'd start to feel like, you know, from the perspective of like, are they really going to go unbeaten in their division? Uh, you can probably be a little complacent once you've already beat all three teams in your division and then start playing your division again. And then you start playing the worst team in your division. So well, that's because- because we're going to talk about the schedule. If they get if they take care of business Thursday night 
And then it would feel like I'd have to go back and look. Just record-wise, if the Niners are 8-0, Seattle gets Tampa this week at home. So let's just assume they're going to be 7 I gotta pull up their record. I, I, right now is one of those weird times in the season where you're Seattle like, six and two, so they'd be seven. And so two. Th- they'd be seven and two. The Niners would be eight and zero. Oh, they'd be you'd have two teams fifteen and two, and they're in the same division. Doesn't it feel like that's one of the better Monday night games in years? And given <laughs> that there is a little history, yeah, yeah. When you just factor, you know, we had the Rams Chiefs. Was that yeah? That was last year. That was pretty powerful. Uh, I, I would just say this, it just, I mean, for the most part, you're getting Steeler Miami games, right? You're getting just, you know, Jets Patriots. You're usually getting one-sided contests, even on paper. It's rare now because the NFL hates ESPN. I don't blame them. You can't shit on a league for 10 straight years and then give the circle jerk to the other league that has as many problems without Roger Goodell giving you bad games, and they just consistently do. This would just, you're kind of lucky in the sense that when you got this game, you're probably hoping that you know you knew Seattle probably be. I'd say seven and two is probably better than most people would have thought if they win this weekend. I would have guessed they'd be like, what would they be like six and three, mm-hmm. maybe you know five and four. That'd still be like you'd be in the playoff mix. And same with the Niners, and that'd still be fine. Like you and I would be fired up. I don't know if the rest of the country would be eating it up. This is a game that if both of them win this week, that kind of everyone's talking about, right? It's like, damn, this is a big fucking game. Yeah. Because if, you, if you're Seattle, you're thinking, well, we take care of business on Monday Night Football. We're only one game back, and we beat them, and then we get them at home, right? So the, I, I, you start already t- – we're all, we're all humans, and the more I talk about this, the more the challenge is for the 49ers coaching staff. Like, you can't let this shit cre- – you got to be Belichickian. Because the more it creeps up, you're like, ah, oh, they're just Kyler Murray, and you know they they're missing all their running backs, and they got this good looking coach that's first year in the NFL. They got like you one- said though, is never never coach on Thursday night football in the NFL coming off a Sunday game. I I just I had forgotten about that, but I mean, of course he hasn't. I just wa- I just watched his press conference from yesterday, and he got asked that question. He said, yeah, it's a little weird. And the other thing that's weird for him is that they asked him, well, you know, have you had this problem before on short weeks, losing guys? He's like, well, in college, you're basically seven or eight deep at every position. So it's like, next man up. Here, you got to, like, trade for a guy or claim a guy off practice squad. Well, when you do that, that guy doesn't know your offense. And they were t- they were asking him about they had some players last week because they have been battling some injuries against the Saints where Kyler is telling them where to line up. And they ask, if the, is that a lot to put on his plate? And, you know, I, I would imagine the good thing about the Cardinals offense with Kyler, he's been running, you know, the spread, like the concepts forever, so he knows it. That's the I would say that's the one positive for their offense is despite having a rookie quarterback, he's he's pretty locked into what they're doing, you know. It's, it's a really it, – it wasn't like Kyler Murray went from – trying to even think where – oh, he's at Oklahoma – you know, he went from Oklahoma to Cliff Kingsbury, not Oklahoma to Kyle Shanahan, right? He looks pretty in control out there. Now, it doesn't always look pretty, but it doesn't look like he's lost. You know, he can tell people where to go. And so that, that to me, is a positive about the short week, you know, because you would say typically rookie quarterback short week, you bet the house against him. Now, you might bet the house against him just strictly because he's playing arguably the best defense in the league. 
But he won't be like, when the play call comes in, he'll he'll know what to do. Now, whether they can do that or not is another question. And you would just say, even if they know what they're doing and attempt to execute it, that's where the Niners have the advantage, right? They're just fucking better. They're just, I mean, they're, I mean, we can look at all the metrics you want. I, I think there are, just watching the Saints against the Cardinals, they're pretty freaking good on defense. Did you realize, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, hmm. I guess it would have been last Thursday night, Cam Jordan's dad was a tight end for the Vikings, and he got introduced into the Vikings Hall of Fame. No. Or the Ring of Honor. Yeah. You know, because they played on Thursday night against the Redskins, and Cam right. was there. Just supporting his dad. I was like, no, I, didn't I, didn't know that. I didn't know Cam Jordan had an NFL dad. And Aikman was talking about, like, the, the irony of his dad was he was kind of a, way ahead of his time. In, like, the 80s, he was like, uh, I almost said Aaron Hernandez, but uh, he, he was like, you know, a Zach Ertz type. He, he was a pass-catching tight end, not a blocker at all. And those didn't really play as much back then. But he was, he was a freak, and he stands next to Cam. You know, he's skinnier. But he's like 6'4", he's got long-ass arms. I'm like, God, this is a, how is my family supposed to compete against the Jordans if we ever line up in, like, Little League? I mean, <laughs> advantage them, you know? You just, I think sometimes you forget, like, the, these guys aren't just randomly placed in the NFL. Well, like, they, they come from lineages. Of you know what you just made me freaks. think of? You remember when, what game was it Fox had? It was Buck and Aikman had the Rams, like, a month ago. I don't remember who they were playing. Saints? I feel like it was more recent than the Saints game. Did they play? Did they? Did they was it a third? Did they have a Thursday night game? The Rams. Uh, I don't think it was a Thursday. Maybe it was the Bucks game. Buck and Aikman. Seattle. I don't know. Anyway, this is the besides. Uh, yeah, the Bu- the Bucks game was an afternoon game. Maybe it was the Bucks game. But the point is, there Cooper Cup makes a play, <laughs> and and Buck says something like, you know, uh, Cooper Cup, you know, who's. Whose dad, whose dad Craig, was a backup quarterback for the Cowboys. No, you, no you're right. It, they played Seattle on Thursday night when they missed the field goal. But was this the – do you remember this? And, yeah, it, and it was – Troy's it was, like – It was a Seattle Cooper, game on Thursday night field goal because everyone was watching. He's like, Cooper Cup's dad is Craig Cup? I didn't know that. He's like, Craig, haven't talked to you in a while. Craig was one of my backups. Craig, hope you're doing well, man. <laughs> well, And when you say most people are like, oh, yeah, you know, Cooper Cup's become a good NFL player, but he's just an overachiever – Smaller school, the dude's dad, and yeah, he got a cup of coffee in the NFL. He still got a cup of fucking coffee in the NFL, you know? At the end of the day, most of, like, the college athletes you meet never get a cup of coffee. Like, yeah, he just, you know, he's in training camp with the Chicago Bulls in 1987. Yeah, that's still better than 99% of the college athletes. So, don't have, like, didn't, didn't Jared Goff's dad, was he a pro baseball player? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, what was Kyler Murray's dad? Uh, wasn't he an NFL player? Like, what was Dante Pettis' dad? Like, this, start start looking around. Like, most of these people, wouldn't you imagine when How about that Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa guy? Yeah, when you and I are like 50, that number's going to be even exponentially higher of all, like, like what what's the likelihood that Joe Staley's kid's, uh, NF, you know, just a Division One athlete, right? right. You right. just start looking around, like, what are the likelihood that the Bosa's have a Division One athlete? Look, who's isn't J.J. Watt dating some soccer or married to some soccer player? Mm-hmm. What is the likelihood? As I'm watching last night, who gets a strip sack? I don't know. T.J. Watt? Where's their other brother? I don't know. In the NFL? Like, the chances that the Watt brothers 
produce multiple NFL players. I'm not saying even at their level. I'm just saying that playing the NFL feels like 90%. I mean, I don't see how so, they so don't. So do you, are you taking, will Steve Belichick ever be an NFL head coach? Uh, you mentioned this to me. If you or may or you tweeted this right, it, is he grooming him to be the next guy? The one thing I don't know I'll if I, say, did I tweet it? Maybe, maybe, maybe I, you just I definitely said this. it. Yeah, <clears throat> like Kyle, kind of kidding, but well, th- you know, I, I'm, thinking just, I'm just thinking about it. like Kyle's. Would you say Mike Shanahan was more successful than like the Ryan's dads? The Ryan's dads, I mean, he, you know, uh, yeah, Buddy Ryan. Yeah, I, yeah, I would I mean, say so. Yeah. He's on the highest level of, like, his kid then became a really good head coach. I would say Bill is infinitely more successful than Mike. <laughs> and it's almost like the Michael Jordan syndrome. There's almost going to be a stigma around him because his dad was the best ever. It's right. a little different than Kyle, which is still, like, Mike Shannon. But and Kyle did have to prove it. Yeah, own. for a long, long... He left. Actually, he didn't, he didn't even start with his dad. So you could argue that... Should Steve, like, just try to be like... If Robert Sala bounces, call Kyle, like, could I be your defensive coordinator? <laughs> would, that, would that be a risk that coaches were willing to take? Well, he goes with Josh and Tom to the Chargers next year. Well, I, I got one. What if you're like Andy Reid and Spagnola just not getting it done? You fire him. What if you're just like, fuck it, I'm just going to give Steve, like him and Belichick are buddies, like I'll, I'll give your son a defensive coordinator. All right, all right let's, let's, let's back to this Thursday night game. It's a good call. I mean, I'm just. This is a pretty fun conversation, though. It is. It definitely is. How old is Steve? I think he's like three or four years younger than us. I mean, he's not okay, 25, so but he's, he's got not, time. Yeah, I think he's right around like, I'd say between 28 and 31, somewhere in that sweet spot. Like he could work with Bill for 10 more years. And at some point, Bill replaced when Gerard Mayo leaves. I, um, I, but aren't you better off going on your own yeah. for a couple years? Yep. As a but, but I'm not talking about being good. I'm just talking about getting one shot. Yeah. Will you get a shot? I think one you know? million percent you get a shot just because that name is – it's the most famous name in coaching right now. Um. So, like you said, you watch Kyler. I mean, I just don't – to me, this game is – does Jimmy throw three picks on a weird night? Otherwise, how do they lose this game on Thursday Night Football? I'll say this. Every time I watch Jimmy, I, I think, like, God, just, you know, where's – not that he's overhyped, but I'm just – you know, I see some good things, see some bad things. Whenever I watch the game back, I go, God damn, he's playing pretty well. He played really well in that game. Besides yeah. the one pick, which was really, really bad, which clearly I, I think it's safe to say he predetermines in the huddle, I'm throwing to 85. Because when they show the all twenty two angle of it on the TV broadcast, Keekley is inside Kittle. Like he threw it right to Keekley. Like you can't really see Kittle. All you see is Keekley. And Luke is probably, I would say, of his generation, the best pass covering linebacker. <laughs> like he's had more pick sixes and just picks in stride than any linebacker in recent memory. But then guy, he comes right back. And it's just bang, bang, boom, doing like sweet Romo plays, hitting mm-hmm. Kittle down the sideline. And I, I, my takeaway from the just rewatching Jimmy, and really by the second half, I mean, the game was a wrap. But kind of early in that game, after he makes a mistake, was 
I don't know if you it's this crossed my mind like you wouldn't kick this guy to the curve. He keeps doing this for Tom Brady at 43 years old. As crazy right. as that sounds. Like he I think but I don't, but I don't think it's spot. that crazy because what he does is he makes he makes some elite plays in a game, right? I saw you Insta story one of them where he rips his this kind of felt Romo, rips his way out of the pocket and then finds Kittle down the middle. Um do you think hey guys uh when 85 just runs straight down the field, I, I don't know if you're playing the Niners, it might behoove you to have a guy fucking follow him. But you notice, what, like, how often does he get open, guy? On this, on just a fucking, all the guy does is just run at the end zone. Like it's not, it's not like you know he he runs a seven option route and then Kyle get no he just runs straight. Well, you said this to me before the podcast. I'm not sure there's a receiver. I, actually, I'm pretty confident there's not a receiver in the NFL I would trade him for. Like I wouldn't trade him for Nook. I wouldn't trade him, John, for any. I wouldn't. I don't. Just because as a tight end, he makes big plays. He makes big plays. So I don't like, well, you know, the one thing we don't have on this team is a big play guy. Well, Kittle's kind of your big play guy. Well, because if you if you look at it like this in a vacuum, if you had Pete Gronk in like, he, he was drafted in 10, so he really flipped the switch, I think, in like 11. I think he had double-digit touchdowns in 11, and it was clear he was a star. Would they have traded him for any blue-chip wide receiver? Probably not, right? Yeah. Just because of... When you have Gronk, you have a guy that's uncoverable, and then it's like, oh, yeah, he blocks too. You're like, how is he a blocker? I don't know. He's the best blocker in the league at, at his position. So you're right. I, I don't think the Niners I mean, would. And, and he's way cheaper, and I'm sure. As, which is a whole scam, which we could get into. But I, I actually, I'm starting to kind of feel bad for Kittle in the sense that I think the Niners owe him like an extra 10, right? <laughs> Million, yeah. Just because it's like, well, he plays the position that doesn't get financially valued in the same way receiver gets valued. The irony is he's in on more plays than receivers are because you can throw to him just as much as you throw to a receiver. But like you said, he blocks on run plays, which is the other half of their offense. So he's in on so many plays. It's crazy. But anyway, so, I mean, I just... Like, Jimmy makes great plays. He also makes all the fundamental plays. They're better on defense. They're the better football team. The only thing working against them, it's Thursday night football on the road. But the trip's not that bad. And it's Thursday night football for the Cardinals, too. And they've never done it. Their head coach has never done this before. How far is, what's the flight? About two hours? Yeah, two and a half, maybe. But I, I even saw Bill O'Brien. San Jose's a little further south. I guess they fly out of there, probably. I, I so. watched Bill O'Brien. They asked him about the travel. He's like, guys. He's like... Because they're playing in London. Yeah. He's like, yeah, do I worry about the London trip just specifically because you have to mess with the travel? But he's like, let's not act like. He's like, the bus pulls right up to the plane. You get out on the plane. They have filet mignon and Snickers bars for you. You fly, and then you land, and the bus picks you right up next to the plane. Like, let's not act like we're going through Terminal C here, you know? No. But I do (laughs) think part of it is just the toll of flight flying For sure. But I I think sometimes I think when people, oh, the travel – you factor it in like when me and you travel and you know you wait in lines and it's like oh I didn't eat I have to go to like pay for a seventeen dollar half turkey sandwich like that's not that's not part of it it's just strictly can you hydrate enough on a plane that has unlimited Gatorades and waters think about that too it's like well can you hydrate enough Do, are you going to spend twelve dollars on a bottle of Dasani no and they have unlimited Gatorade electrolytes and fucking agua and if you're sitting in the window or the middle at least when I'm in that situation I dial back my hydration because I don't want to be I don't like stepping over people or at waking people up so I can so they can move 
If I fly alone, I fly aisle, just so, and then I can hydrate as much as I want. I thought you said if you fly alone, like AKA private. <laughs> no, haven't done that. But these guys don't have that issue because there's the seats are bigger, the aisles. They, it's easy to just walk out. And I would say I would hydrate. say the one curveball for the Niners this week is it is a little bit of a unique opponent. Uh, despite it being a divisional opponent, it's uncommon in the sense that they have not played this guy, this offense, right? Yeah. So for yeah. Salah, it's somewhat unique. And I think this week, I was thinking about this when you were talking, the Niners have been so goddamn good, and now everyone in their power rankings basically has them too. Like, the Patriots are just grandfathered in if they're undefeated at one, and that's I you can't argue that. And most people have the Niners at two, everyone I've seen. I'm like, that's fair. They could have just one of those games where you just win by seven and everyone would be like, well, it's Thursday night. They're, they're still really good, right? Or mm-hmm. do you think that they're not? Like, could they have a game where if they have to pull it out of their ass, people are like, well, some questions. Or it's this Thursday night at this point in time in the season, you're kind of – if you've already proven you can kick the shit out of everybody, you're going to be okay. In terms yeah, of narratives. Yeah, so, so in terms of narratives, I do think there would be some, eh, because I tweeted Tuesday morning, there are two teams – we'll get to the schedule here – but there's two teams left, as it stands today, going into Week Nine, that play three first current first place teams: the Niners and the Patriots. And what do you think my replies were, John? Basically, like, oh, so they're only going to play three good teams all year. Oh, get ready, it's about time, right? So I think there's a lot of people out there that think the Niners haven't played anybody, and that a seven point win over the Cardinals on Thursday night. I think there's a segment that will view that as exposing them. But I'll, I'll give won- you one. Is but like, I don't. Th- but but I just think they're damn good. So I won't. The, the Packers going on the road against Kansas City when they have to play Matt Moore and only winning by a touchdown is that a is that a is that a really good win? Is that just like a solid you're, win? You're is going that full Niner fanboy here? No. But I, what I'm about just, the, But what about their game? But, but <laughs> my, no, my point is I, you can do that with just so no, many no, teams. No, no, I, right? I know. I know. Look, as like to me, I watched the Packers going on the road to Kansas City Sunday Night Football, and yeah, they're playing a guy that was was he going to scout or was it going to be a high? I couldn't quite figure out Matt Moore's career path. I thought he was Wang's a scout, options. and then people were asking like he was going to be a high school coach. I don't know if you can do both at the same time. No, you can. You know what you call that? I love this phrase because I heard I've heard Shooty Babbitt say this. You're you're bird dogging. Yeah, you're bird dogging. <laughs> so <laughs> you know that Shooty Babbitt's now an A scout. Shooty Babbage, when did that happen? I think like uh, this year. Yeah, he's I, off for, the Mets. He's with the eight. Good for he's, he's, right. he's with the eight. Maybe it happened before the season, that. but uh, like I, I just think that now that Calls the Rams are soul, now, I'll, I'll give you one. Now that the Rams are good, what's up, Soul brother? Do the 49ers not get credit because Jalen Ramsey wasn't on the team? Yeah, no. They you get to me once we're eight weeks, nine weeks into the season, we've got a body of work to work off of. If you've won a bunch of your games, then you're good. Because I think the the like you could probably even more than the Niners, or at least as an equal, talk shit about the Patriots schedule. It's like, oh, beat Darnold coming off mono. Oh, you beat the Bills as their best win. Oh, you beat you know the Dolphins. Yeah, you beat the Giants. Like, could you could you imagine if if NFL was had the college football play, the NFL football playoff ranking system you'd be like you can't give the patriots credit for what they did last year well, it's a okay. new season if you if right now guy haberman and you had the final 4 and the bcs rankings were coming out today yeah who would be your 4 in the nfl uh patriots niners uh saints and then a decision between the packers and the chiefs and i you know i might go with the packers and that would be one of those that 
you'd have a legitimate argument. You'd be like, well, they only beat him by a touchdown, and you could argue the best player in the league was on the sideline, right? Yep. Like it would be, and I, I, I you know who I'd throw in the hat, my hat in the ring on? I'd be like, well, I Minnesota. don't know if I'd have him as a four, but if you had a five and a six, I'd have Minnesota right there because you'd go, well, they'd be like a Clemson that, you know, they're flying under the radar. They've had a bad, uh, Clemson would probably be a bad example. They'd be like Oklahoma. Like they had a bad loss. But look at their roster. We know their high end's high. And I, I, I no, think that's... Oregon. Spe- or Oregon. I, I think that speaks more to, and we're going to get into this as this keeps getting closer and closer. The NFC's pretty stacked, guy. When you're, when you're one through six, you know, may only include two AFC teams. And you could argue that one thing's clear with the Chiefs. And I, I talked about this on the Three and Out podcast. Like, the one thing about the top end of the NFC including the Patriots too, is all these teams are will, really well-rounded. So you got you got the Patriots that are just top to bottom. Like, they can have a bad day rushing because they can pass and they can play defense. Or they can have a bad play on defense because you know Brady has four or five touchdowns in them on a given game. Same thing with the Niners. Like, they can do so many different things. Same thing with the Saints. I'm watching the Saints against the, against the Cardinals. Latavius Murray is fucking running. His, Latavius looks fantastic. Yeah. They have, like, this little returner guy named Harris – that whenever the 49ers play him, you, Mitch, do not kick it to him. He's like a he's like a little speed demon. The, all these teams just have tons of players. This, the Packers, too, are pretty well-rounded squad. Same with the Vikings. That the, the the Chiefs have a pretty big flaw. Like They just don't play defense. But the 49ers, to, to win in the playoffs, like what, you could argue that once we get to the playoffs, the worst team of the six might be like the Cowboys. And if that's your worst team, like the worst team for the AFC is going to be like the Bills or the Texans, like a pretty flawed team. Or if like you got to play the Cowboys in round two, that you agree that's not an easy game. Like if you're no, the one no, or you're the right. four, like they can, like we're not just going to be like, oh, that's a win for the Niners, NFC Championship. It's going to be like, holy right. shit. Right. We, we're, you know, this is going to be tough. This, and, well, I, and on the flip side, you'd be like, this game could define Jason Garrett's career if he upsets the 49ers in round two at Levi's, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think everything you just said illustrates why Thursday night football is a big deal to the 49ers because of what still is to come in their schedule. You just, I know it feels like everything's rolling. It's easy. They haven't lost a football game now, but they got a stretch coming up um, where you're going to, you're going to hope that you've stacked wins. Cause like we've talked about two losses might be what it takes to get the one seed in the NFC. So let's get into it because I said to you on Monday, we were just texting. I said, I, I would bet if we look at it, the Niners play like two of the five biggest games remaining in the NFL. And so like this is an unscientific uh, way that I went about it. And tweet at me if, if, if I missed games or whatever. I just went a really basic way. I said, I just pulled the, the top eight teams based on first place. So just the, the, the eight first place teams. How many current first place teams do they have remaining on their schedule? So this could change by next Tuesday because yeah. there's a few divisions where first place is really close. So of the eight first place teams, New England, Baltimore, Indianapolis, Kansas City in the AFC, Dallas, Green Bay, New Orleans, and San Francisco in the NFC, only two of those eight teams have three games that remain against current first place teams, and it's the Patriots and the Niners. And the, and, pa- and the Patriots and the Niners and the Ravens, regardless of what happens this week, are going to still be in first place, right? Because they have more right. than a one-game lead. Right. And for both the Niners and the Patriots, and two of those three Saints, games I would imagine. are within their conference. Yeah. Um, yes. 
same with the Saints because the Saints are yeah, oh yeah definitely same with the Saints they're seven and one and Carolina's four and three. Um, how about the Raiders dipping up the Chiefs' heels? <laughs> well, they are. I, I mean, know. they are. Yeah, there's no disputing it. We'll get to the Raiders, but and, and now look, you could start. We could start talking about other games. Baltimore goes to the Rams on Monday Night Football Week 12. Kansas City plays Minnesota this week. Um, Indianapolis plays at Houston on uh, I think it's Thursday Night Football. Um, that's a good Thursday night game, isn't it? Yeah, Green Bay goes to Minnesota on Monday night, week 16. So there's other big games. But but you could argue, because the Niners play Green Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans, two of those games on the road. I, I think those three games are three of, like, if we just made, I, I'm confident saying those are three of the biggest, of the three of the ten biggest games remaining in the NFL right now. I'd um, say it's, I'd say it's pretty table. unique right now that what looks to be like the six playoff teams in the NFC – the Niners, the the Niners, the Saints, the Packers, the Rams, and Seattle. The Niners play them all moving forward. Now the Rams, you'd say, are in a like they're gonna. There's still some question if they're a lock, but after this week, they'll probably be six and three. And then you look at obviously the Rams and the or excuse me, the Packers and the Saints are going to the playoffs. The Niners play both those two teams, and. I would say their biggest defining game this season is going to be not necessarily at Seattle because if the Niners win on Monday night, you'd say when the team's really good, and I'm not saying Seattle's really good, but when you're a 10-11 win team, even if you're playing a 14-2 team like that's in your division, splitting is not, like that's pretty normal, wouldn't you say? So mm-hmm. if the Niners win at home and then they lose at Seattle, that's not some indictment on them at all. Like that's... That's kind of normal. We'd probably expect them to lose. Even if I told you they won the Super Bowl, I said one of their losses was at Seattle. I'd be like, yeah, that's normal. But to me, the defining game, because how it's going to look, given that you might have to go there in the second round or the third round, which would be the NFC Championship game, would be at New Orleans. Because at when Green Bay comes to the Levi's, that's going to be a really big game. But it's going to be advantage Niners at home that if the Niners win, I think people would say, well, the Niners probably are slightly better, one, and two, that it was a home game for them. But when you go to New Orleans, fucking place is going to be apeshit. I saw they asked Kyler yesterday, like, what do you think of New Orleans? Yeah. And he's like, you know, it wasn't as crazy as I thought. And then watching the game, I thought, if I was a season ticket holder for the Saints, how would I come into that game? I wouldn't take the Cardinals that seriously. Right, you know, you can feel in their fans like when they have a Sunday night game against the Falcons when the Falcons are good, or they're playing the Packers at home, or they're playing the Cowboys. That place is like LSU. I understood the place not quite giving the Cardinals proper respect. If the <laughs> Niners roll in there and that game is for the one seed, let's say it's clear, like but let's say the Niners, whenever I don't even know the math, but they're both one loss teams, or let's say the Niners are a one loss team and the Saints are a two loss team at that point. And it, it would be the tiebreaker. Wouldn't you say that will be the loudest that place will be all season till the playoffs? Like, that place yeah. will be nuts. Yeah. And if you just look at their schedule, to me, given the implications of that game and how important it will be to judge Kyle, Jimmy, and just the team in that environment, you could argue, is that the number one game on the schedule the rest of the season? In that environment and, and against I'm not even just saying Sean. for the Niners. I'm saying all the NFL. Yeah. It's week 14, so, you know, the Saints 
play Atlanta twice, Tampa, and Carolina before we get there. I don't know if you've heard back. Atlanta's not very good. Yeah, so they could so so they they could now, be eleven the Niners and one. Get Cardinals twice. Well, it's fine. I'm just saying, like the Saints could be eleven and one. Probably at worst, you'd say the Saints are ten and two. The Niners have Arizona twice, like you said, Seattle, Green Bay, and Baltimore. So even if the Niners have three, even if they were to lose Baltimore, Green Bay, and Seattle, they're nine and three. Worst case, it's ten and two, nine and three. Worst and, case, and but it's, in all likelihood, likely it's two ten-win teams, John. In all likelihood, it's two ten-win teams playing uh, for the one seed. Playing yeah, for Gre- the one seed. So Green Bay, I'm going to look up their schedule right now. Obviously, they play the Niners. They yeah, they've already played Minnesota, so they play Minnesota again. They do have some easy games, though, guy. They got well. They, they John, the Niners is the only first place team that Green Bay plays the rest of the season. Gotcha. They got like, the Giants, the Redskins, the Panthers. I, I do look at at the Vikings. Like, that's a pretty hard game. Totally. Like, I, I know Minnesota, like you said, is not in first place, partly because Green Bay is. But they're a first place level team. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and that's, yes. And that's going to be Monday Night Football Week 16. There are some really, really, like, you know, everyone keeps talking. Like, I'm watching the, uh, the CBS crew had, for some reason, the Cardinals – Saints and it was Harlan and Harlan's like, you know they got a big game down here in the, in the South, Alabama LSU and everyone just in college football has been talking about Alabama LSU now for a while. There are wouldn't you say ten Alabama LSU type games in the NFL the rest of this year? Whether it's just Patriot Chiefs, hell you can say Patriot Ravens this week just to get a feel like how good are the Ravens? Those multiple Niner games, the Niners against Seattle. Seattle and the Rams again. Like, there are some excellent, excellent. The Eagles and the Cowboys, I know their records aren't as good, but that game's going to be potentially massive when they play again at the, you know, toward the end of the season. There, there yeah. are some, there so, are some big time fucking games. Did you say, sorry, just, I, I was listening there, but New England, Kansas City, week 14, you said that one. Baltimore, New England is this week. Indy at, Indy at New Orleans is, is, uh, Indy at New Orleans is a good game. That is a good game. Um, Dallas at New England week 12. What do you think about Houston, Jacksonville in England this week? I'm intrigued, but I, I wouldn't put that up there. But that's, you know, keep it up. Yeah, Jags got to win. So, yeah, I, I think the cool part about this Niner season is they've taken care of business. They kick the shit. We're going to, when, when we're headed to the playoffs, like, we'll have known whether they win or lose, like, if you get your ass kicked, you'd be like, "Well, they got a they got a little ways to go. Let's pump the brakes a little bit." Or if they win one of these games, or even if they lose, but like you go to Saints and you lose by a game winning field goal, you'd be like, "Well, we're their equal, right?" I, I think there's going to be something to be said for a team that like the Patriots, and I'd say even like Mahomes at this point, like once he comes back, they just compare themselves to the Patriots, and it's kind of crazy. They went from zero to sixty fast with a new quarterback, but the Niners are still kind of stacking themselves up against these other teams that matter, right? Because yeah. we don't quite know yet, and that's what's cool about the schedule, the way it played out. We're going to exactly – I mean, we're going to know, guy. They're going to play these teams. So if they're the one seed or they're the three seed, it's going to be – you know, you would think that, like, they wouldn't take care of the tough games and then lose some easy games. If they're going to be the three seed, it'll be because – if I told you right now the Niners end up as the three seed – You'd be like, well, they probably lose 
Green Bay, Saints, and you know one of the Rams, Seattle games, right? And those other two teams go like fourteen and two, and the Niners are twelve and four, thirteen and three, right? Right. Or if I tell you they're the one or two seed, you'd be like, well, they're definitely winning some of these games down the stretch. Yeah. Yep. And I, I'd say if they play like they did the other game, when you can run the ball like that, like they, they are, their formula is pretty clear that if they have to throw the ball 40 times a game, like most teams just do, it becomes not their advantage because then they just naturally are going to depend a little bit more on the Pettises and the Borns. When they're only throwing it 25 and under, that means two things. They're fucking playing great defense. They're running the shit out of the ball. And he can just distribute it to the good players. You know, His 20 completions are going to be, well, Kittle's going to get seven. Emmanuel Sanders now gets four or five. Debo... The other thing you notice, just just rewatching the game, and I I, de- I definitely missed that sweet touchdown when my power was out to to Debo because mm-hmm. it was like an inside run. It wasn't yeah. like an end around. I was like, God, that's a sweet play. When Debo's back in the fold, and now they have a manual. I mean, it's gonna be, I, it's gonna be hard for Pettis to get multiple targets a game, don't you think? Because Debo's just bet. They well, like what he, he had he he had one on Sunday. They just like Debo more. They just Debo's a better player. Yeah. And for some reason they like between Bourne and Richie, they seems like they like the combo of those two guys better. Like I Pettis kind of just the odd man out. And even Emmanuel on the goal line they like. Yeah, I mean I just For good reason. I don't know if it's a one million percent lock that like some of these guys keep making plays. I guess Trent Taylor's never coming back, so that doesn't matter. You know, if he ever did, mm-hmm. would Pettis be a potential inactive? Well, yeah. I mean, he. We just. If we just. I. I don't have the Matt Barrow snap count in front of me, but it, I mean, now he played more in the second half, I think, than he did in the first half. It felt like Pettis. I wonder though if you ask, like, if I get the coaches on the horn, they would say maybe they like him as a blocker or something like that. It might keep him around, right? That might just. Yeah, but I would just say he's probably on the uh, he's on that bubble. It feels like just based on who plays the most. I was actually reading the snap count this morning. Where you go? I'm looking for it here. Uh, I got it right here. So Emmanuel Sanders, 55 snaps. Debo, 47. Pettis, 20. Kendrick Bourne had 12 more snaps than Pettis. Wow. How about that? I mean, it just shows you the level. Like, everyone in the NFL is good. Like, Dante Pettis is a – if you just took him to, like, the Y to play pickup basketball, he'd be the best athlete on the court, right? But when you just start distinguishing athletes at the NFL level, Emmanuel Sanders, who's coming off an Achilles, is on such another level than these guys. Like, boom, game one, he never comes out. And you know what's crazy? is like Emmanuel Sanders is an older player. He's had a major injury recently, and he's still so much better. That's the great part about pro sports, like the differentiating whatever it is. Like he's just he's a little quicker. He's just more sure-handed. He's just a better, he's just better playmaker with the ball in his hands. But I would imagine if you just saw the two of them in shorts and a T-shirt, you just watch like a typical OTAs, you might not really notice if Dante didn't drop the ball or anything like that big of a difference. Really is wild, uh, but but I am convinced he's an NFL player. Oh, Pettis is one hundred percent, but he just might be a 
you know, a fringe NFL player, not a second rounder. I think that's yeah. I think we're starting to establish that, that that's at least how the, the 49ers view him. Is it maybe that he might just need a fresh start somewhere, you know, to ever have a chance? You know, I, I'm not there yet with him. But, my, but guy, they're just not going to give him I know, a ball. I know, so the evidence is judge fr- I know. I know. Like, he's not A.J. Jenkins, right? No, no. And he, he is a good teammate celebrator. That's one of my favorite things. I love a good teammate celebrator. I know. I do, too. I love it. Uh, all right, before we move on to the Raiders, John, let's tell the people about Manscaped. Woo! And manscaped.com. What what do you do when you go there? Use the promo code HAM. You get 20% off and free shipping for the number one groomer, Manscaped. When's the last time you Manscaped, guy? You Manscaped for your trip? Definitely. You got a Manscaped. Uh, the Lawnmower 2.0, you have one, I have one. They... The best part about them, guy, is we've all, you know, used maybe our electric razor that has the thing that flips out. That thing can get pretty close. Sometimes, you know, I shave my little chinny-chin-chin with that thing. And that can get you nicks and cuts, and then all of a sudden we got a bleeder. The great part about a lawnmower 2.0, we got no bleeding. And you just fire, and you can go at rapid speed, where usually you got to be really, really careful. I don't even hesitate. Just whoops. And no cuts on my nuts. And then I'm uh, I'm clean as a whistle, guy. Clean as a whistle. Lawnmower 2.0, manscaped.com. Promo code HAM. Plus, you can also get the crop preserver, the anti-chafing ball deodorant, moisturizer. Have you ever thought to yourself, have you ever had this thought? Like, yes. Boy, if I have to go to the emergency room and explain what happened here today, it's going to be pretty embarrassing. Because it's happened. Surely somebody, many people, oh, God, I'm deep, sure have been in that deep, situation. Deep cut. Well, one time, yeah. actually, I did. Because usually I manscape, and then I take a hard razor to my body, and if I do it in the shower, if I'm not, one time I wasn't paying attention, I almost cut my nipple off. I mean, I I had to wear, I had to wear, I had to wear a, uh, a Band-Aid for like a week. Cause it, People it, thought you just ran a marathon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, at first when you do it, when you slice it with like a Mach 3, it doesn't hurt that much. Like when you're manscaping, oh not God. with the Manscaper lawnmower 2.0, but if you use the old products that always that hurts. The razor, if you get yourself flushed like your face, you don't necessarily feel it right away, but the Ugh. blood just flows, and then you got your nipple hanging on, but you know by a, a string. And luckily, I saved it, and I still got a nipple, and I'm not bleeding anymore because I use Manscaped. There you go, Manscaped.com promo code HAM twenty percent off. Podcast also brought to you by Box of Awesome, BoxofAwesome.com. The promo code there is HAM. You get 20% off your first subscription box. They're going to send you a bunch of cool stuff. You've got it. I've got it. Uh, I have a bag that I used this weekend, an overnight bag. I have a whiskey kind of glass preserver. Uh, they send us knives. I mean, guy, they've sent us so much good stuff. To get started, just take a quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help you pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. Again, it's really easy to use. They deliver it right to you. Each box costs only $45, yet has over $70 worth of gear. I'm telling you, my bag, if you just went to a store, it feels like it'd be easily, it looks like a $100 bag, easy. And it's really easy to use. Get 20% off your first monthly box. Sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the promo code HAMGUY at checkout. Yeah, I, I saw yours. I picked the same one, Canvas. I got Navy. It's got like some leather buckles on it. Uh, I've used it multiple times. It's great. It looks cool. Beauty is 
they send you an email ahead of time telling you what's in the box. So if you want to change something out, size, color, add something else, skip it because whatever is in that box, not for you, you can do all that stuff. You never end up with something you don't want. Boxofawesome.com, 20% off that um, that box. First one. Yeah. Go do it. I like it. So, you know, you and I were talking, we've talked a lot about the Raiders and um, Derek and Vegas and, you know, is is – is Gruden going to look for another quarterback after that year and all this well, stuff? Well, yeah, is Derek going to have to sell his home to Gruden so he can have a That's bigger right. home? <laughs> That's right. So Gruden can build a second lot for uh, uh, Nathan Peterman next door. Or De- um, Deuce. Deuce. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, I also think the flip side of that is, and, and we acknowledged this a little bit the other day, but Derek played well against the Texans. And... Uh, the fact is that the odds, because they lost that game, are now stacked against them. But they're still in the mix. they got to win this week, it feels like. But they're in the mix. Can Derek play his way to Vegas? Because I, I don't know. The way I've started thinking about it is the odds are probably in his favor. Um, I'd say heavily. But I don't, you say heavily in his favor? Yeah, but part of that is, as a credit to him, he's played them into his favor. I don't know if Gruden started this year thinking of it that way. And I don't know. Maybe he did. Whatever. But I don't think we did. I, I know that. We didn't. We looked at this year like you kind of got to prove it. You don't just get to go as a default. Because how many years of losing is Gruden going to take without making a change in his favorite position? But part of this year now, and I hate, you know, we're not talking about wins right here, but we are partly. Like, do they win enough football games with Derek playing well that he is clearly the Raiders quarterback in 2020? Um, I would say the odds are now in his favor, even though we've kind of, you know, we've we've kind of knocked that around for a couple of years now. Well, he threw two picks in the Kansas City game. Since then, he has nine touchdowns and two picks. On the season, he's well over 70%. He's got 11 touchdowns and four picks. The eye test, he's been pretty good. Now, as we always say, it's better to die a baby than red zone turnovers. Like the Packer game, he was 22 of 28 for 300 yards, two touchdowns. He threw a red zone pick, and he had the red zone turnover. So as good as he was against Houston, like does Gruden just forget about that play? You know, because that play was a killer. Now, ultimately, you'd say the reason they lost the game what Rodgers have five touchdowns and he ran one, right? Or was that? Yeah, I mean he was just so it wasn't. I mean Derek can't play defense, and you go just. But it was the reason they weren't. It, it, that game got away from him at that point because of it's Derek. easy to find the moment it happened. One hundred percent. Where you go the Houston game, Derek was really good, threw three touchdowns, and they just lost because, as I've I've read a couple of places, they were just a Khalil Mack away. You know they could have a guy that could sack Deshaun Watson and win the game. And it's true. Uh, it, you know what turns out, guy? Cleveland Farrell's not very good, and neither is Arden Key. Uh, actually, Arden Key is better than Cleveland Farrell. But it's a double whammy. What quarterback's going to be available this offseason in the NFL? You go Andy Dalton. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, Andy Dalton, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, potentially Cam Newton. I, I do think Cam Newton could probably play. Like If he comes back and they win 10 games, like he'd probably just stay, right? He'd be no lock to be gone, but he might. Uh, Mariota, but th- these are type names we're talking about. So Derek's better than the, like Be- Derek is dramatically better than Marcus Mariota right now. It's not even close. Jameis guy, I looked yesterday, has twelve interceptions. Twelve interceptions. They've played seven games. 
Derek has eleven. He has a, he has one more interception than Derek has touchdowns thrown this year. Like, that's insane. You can't. You can't. Now maybe you could tie Jameis to be like a backup, but could you? Yeah, I think it'd be tough. Somebody to work with him. But like, I mean, maybe you'd want to work with the, him. But would the Bears be better with Jameis than they would with Trubisky, or would his turnovers <sighs> kill him? I mean, here's what's really going to hurt Jameis is people that go, "You had Bruce Arians." You know, like at least you could argue Mariota. It's been a wacky situation there. People, are like, you had Bruce Arians. He makes quarterbacks better. And then you look at the college quarterbacks. Well, if the Raiders win, Field Yates tweeted the draft order, and yeah. I don't think people quite realize this guy because there are so many shitty teams in the NFL. I mean, we got multiple winless teams. We have several one-loss teams. The team drafting tenth was. Was like the first three, uh, like a three and four team. So if the Raiders win six games, they're going to be drafting like 14th. Well, there are like seven, three and six or seven three win teams right now. Yeah, so that will, right, it, you kind of. Uh, pl- the Raiders are one of them. It's the Chargers, the Bears, the Raiders, the Steelers, the Cardinals, the Lions. So, the, the, so this, this Lions game, John, is a big draft swing. Well, we, but we won't talk about that until December. We'll but my, my point is, right now, game. potentially, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There are nine teams in the league, as we headed in November, that don't have three wins. I, I think that shows you right. pretty clearly. They're going to be... Well, let's play this game real quick. Who's better, the Bengals or the Raiders? The Raiders. Raiders. Dolphins or Raiders? Raiders. Raiders. Redskins or Raiders? Raiders. Raiders. Falcons. Raiders. Jets. Raiders. Giants. Raiders. Broncos. Raiders. Bucks. I think if they played like Bucks 10 times, it'd probably two. be closer to... Because you would say the the one thing the Bucks do really well is just throw bombs, and the one thing the Raiders do really shitty is cover. So that I, I think that would be a weird matchup. I think they match up well against all those shitty teams you listed. Unless Matt Schaub, when you told me through for 480 yards, uh, I think the Bucks would be a weird matchup for them. But the, you know the but, Raiders play the Bengals? I mean, the Raiders have some easier games coming up. But it's a great point. I mean, the odds of them drafting in the top 12? Yeah, to, I mean, to me, to the me they nine. feel like probably 12 to 15, you know, depending on if it kind of gets away from them. But, like, do you see the Which Redskins or the Falcons or the Jets? Are they going to start winning games? The Giants stink. Well, well like, well, how about a team that has more wins than the Raiders right now? The Titans, they have four wins. Are they going to finish with more wins than the Raiders? Well, I... The one thing you'd say about the Titans with is... With Ryan Tannehill playing quarterback? Yeah, but he's actually been decent. They just do it I ugly. Know. Like, to me, the Titans are a 7-9 and nine team. Like, do you feel confident the Raiders are a 7-9 and nine team? They might. Um, I wouldn't say confident, but I'm... You know, it's, they. that's what they feel like to me right now. Yeah, just, don't you think they feel more 7-9 and nine than they do 5-11? and 11? Yeah, well, they, they feel more 8-8 eight and eight to me than 5-11 and 11 at this point. I would say... But here's the differentiating factor to me why I think 8-8... Eight and eight, Their defense is still really shitty. They can't sack the quarterback. They can't cover. That if if Derek, this is where the margin for error back to Derek, where I think we evaluate him kind of harshly. He can't like Jimmy can throw picks, whatever. The Niners will have three more picks on the other side, and then they'll run the ball. Like at any moment, Josh Jacobs can get dinged up, and then they're screwed. And at any moment, like their Terrell Williams, like their margin for errors is really really small. They're dependent on like four guys. But listen to the schedule. They play. The Lions? Okay, that's tough. Yep. Chargers? I think that's tough when people act like. You agree? It's just every Chargers game is the same. Yeah, you, it's well, tough. You know that's a thir- is that a Thursday night game? It is a Thursday night game next Thursday. 
So we get back to back Bears Thursday night games. I'm not. That's not. We bad. do. No. Um, Bengals, Jets, Chiefs, Titans, Jags, Chargers, Denver again. So you know there's some curveballs in there, but it just you you would say this stretch at Chiefs versus the Titans versus the Jaguars is probably a little more difficult than I would say the average Raider fans acting like the Titans and Jags are just wins. Like those aren't just you agree those the Titans and the Jags aren't just wins, right? Like that if I told you that no. they lost those games, they're both at home though. But no, because I agree. because okay, let's say we assume let's say I'm with you. They're an eight and eight team. Well, what are the Jags and the Titans? Eight and eight type teams, right? So those are just they're all the yeah, same. Maybe nine. Yeah, like the Jags. I watch them. They feel like a nine win team. This feel who has better players, the Jags or the Raiders? Uh, the Jaguars. Yeah, I think the Jags for sure. You say the Raiders have the better yeah. quarterback, but say what you want about Leonard Fournette, he's still getting 100 yards every game. DJ Charks, DD Westbrook, all those guys on defense, like they, they got some guys. And the Titans, you could argue the Raiders have as equal players as the Titans, but still, like the Titans when they play will probably be you know six and seven, and the Raiders will probably be like six and seven. You'll be it'll be like a two point spread, right, or three point mm-hmm. spread. It'll just to me, those games will be Raiders at home minus three. Both those two. When you say, if assuming Derek's healthy, yeah, or, and their quarterbacks are healthy, yeah, is Foles back by that game? You think? Yeah, is Foles. I do. You, you, I think he's close. You feel more confident than me that Foles is just coming back and starting. Well, I mean, that was before this week because Minshew had had a stretch that wasn't great, but then he played pretty well this week. What if he beats the Texans this week? Yeah, I mean, it's I lose confidence with every good performance that he has that he's that it's going to be just Foles' job. Yeah, if they go, if they have a winning record, and let's say Minshew starts the whole season, would you agree that's an incredible accomplishment with a six-round rookie? It is. I would agree. I mean, how often do you see a six-round rookie function, let alone play pretty well? And you're right. Like some of his, if you do dive into the games. The hype and the Minshew mania and the mustaches are a little louder than the actual, like, you know, he's like 50%. But then you watch but what him, you can't de- he makes some plays. Yeah. He makes, there are just some winning, you just, there are two or three winning plays that you got to make, and he makes them, and he looks calm while he's doing it. So the eye test passes, and the numbers were better this week. So, and I think, um, like, I think it sucks. Coach of the year is really tough right now. It sucks for Foles, but. Obviously, he has great perspective, like with other shit that's happened in his life. But about the individual injury, the one thing you'd say is like, it's not like I got I sucked and I got Wally Piff. My clavicle shattered, and a guy came in as they do, as I've come in before and replaced guys, and the guy was just good. Like it's not, it's not really that crazy, right? It's one thing like Mariota. Like I could see where you question your self confidence when you go home at night. Like Foles would be like. My clavicle shattered, and this guy came yeah, in. We started. I've been winning. in this exact situation before on the other yeah, side. Yeah, like I, I, I get it. It's not. I actually think it's pretty normal. The only thing I would say that's abnormal, like when Derek replaced Shab, one, it was clear he was better, and two, remember it was like, well, Shab's a guy. Shab's a guy. They paid him like seven million dollars. The 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 curveball with Foles is they did give him fifty million guaranteed, right? Which makes me feel better for him. Well, yeah. So if like you. I've been relieved of my duties before and had like uh, 10 grand coming my way. And it was awesome. I'm like, wait, I just get to, I get these checks like every other week. I can't imagine like, yeah, your direct deposit. For four more weeks? Your direct deposit is still going to be a million dollars a week. 
Wait, can you repeat that? Actually, let me double check. Wait, you make $25 million. It's actually $1.7. No state income taxes. So the Fed, it's about $1.35 take home a week. I'm like, oh, you know, I think we can figure out something to do in our spare time. <laughs> I can be a good teammate for that. Yeah. Let's go, Gardner. You got any more mustaches? <laughs> like, he would be likely yeah. to, like, if you, if they, let's say they start winning and we're like seven and five and on a bit on like a Thursday night game or something, would it shock you if like Foles had a mustache on smiling? You know, I mean, he's just, <laughs> he's just a high level guy. All time. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you raise a good point when you, when we're talking about the Raiders and quarterbacks that are out there, um, the Jags, you you can't argue with this. They have two quarterbacks on their roster that can start in the NFL. 100%. Now, you would say, well, we just watched it unfold in a way that, where a guy got hurt. So, we're not in a, we'll, we'll keep both of them. We'll be fine. We already paid one of them. The other guy's free, basically. Wouldn't you keep both of them? Yeah, I would. Like, at this point in time, would you be a little shocked, unless, like, the rails come off, if they're 500 or 9-7, and seven, if both guys aren't on the roster next year to start? Yeah, to me, the the thing would be like, would you trade Foles for a second round pick? Yes. So if the Bears offer you a second round pick, because whatever they go through the draft and they just you know it's like this we we we're in the we're we're after the draft and they just didn't get anybody for whatever reason. Although you know, they might just be aggressive in the draft, but let's just say some scenario like I know that what you're occurs. Saying, yeah. Well, like because they would take that money. I mean, if you're the Bears, the money's and not you know you would. Well, think about this, and this is where we're kind of the, – the headline of this conversation is, is Derek make it to Vegas. If Derek was available, just like other teams in the league, as we've started listing the guys, you'd rather have him, you'd rather have him than Jameis. You'd rather have him than Marcus Mariota. You'd rather have him than Andy Dalton. Obviously, Mitch Trubisky, if he became available. Eli's going to get cut. I don't – you know, who knows if he wants to hold on. You'd much rather have Derek. Like, Derek would jolt. We've always said this, even in some of his flaws – you don't think Matt Nagy would fucking want Derek Carr on his team <laughs> in a fucking in a heartbeat? I mean, so think about some of these teams and the, that would want this guy. So this gets back to Gruden. That if they are eight and eight, you'd go well, Derek, and that's where he's got to get rid of killing the babies at the line, at the goal mm-hmm. line because he can play well, but if he keeps having those moments once a quarter, right? And when I say quarter, I mean quarter of the season. If you have three or four of those, and that's the and, you, and Gruden goes, we went seven and nine. But if Derek wouldn't have had those three turnovers, as shitty as our defense was, you know, and we're paying this guy twenty five million, maybe we're nine and seven or ten and six. And I think that's why no one disagrees that Derek is not like doesn't he doesn't want to turn the ball over right in that situation. But there is an element of like, okay, Derek, this is your six. You do have to have some like. You clearly understand the offense now. You're playing well. That that is just that's unacceptable. Like to me, you can throw a pick just in the in the flow of a game. That shit happens, right? Philip Rivers been throwing picks forever. Eli won Super Bowls through picks. Like you can throw picks, but in those situations because I I get some tweets sometimes like, why does it feel like Derek turns the ball over way more than it does? And I say it's simple because it's like Cannon said, the red zone turnovers. Would you agree they feel like feel worse? Double like two turnovers in one, especially in a close game. It's the it, it, can there be a bigger gut punch? If it's a tie, if it's a tie game, in you know early in the let's yeah because you feel like if we just if we just lay down for three straight downs we're going to kick a field goal. 
Yeah. So it, it, and instead, we turn it, it over like and they score. So at minimum, it's a ten point swing. <coughs> and because the Raiders' defense is shitty, it's usually a fourteen point swing, right? So you throw a pick yep. in the red zone, and you're playing Mahomes, and then boom, seven plays later, they're Travis Kelsey and Tyree Killer dancing in the end zone. Gruden's going. It was just ten to thirteen. Now it's well, twenty-one it's, to ten. My favorite thing to know with three minutes left in a, in the first half is who's got the ball first in the second half because that makes what happens at the end of the first half so much fun. Because then you start thinking like you score here, we get it. If we if we get the ball, we score, we get it back. Great. We don't get the ball. How's their offense? Been? Well, I think that's why. So then that's you start why, playing the game like Gruden, our team's gonna. Well, Gr- uh, the Raiders typically don't have it because. If Gruden wins it and he's right to do this, he takes the ball because he knows he's going to score right away and he gets momentum because his defense isn't that good. Because you don't want to kick off if your defense sucks and just give up a touchdown. It's it's somewhat deflating because then it puts the extra pressure on your first drive that you really got to score then, right? So to me, the right, right move if you're Gruden is to always accept and just try to score and just set the tone, right? Be like, okay, well... Yep. We, Settle everything down. Yeah, and, and you know, like, Gruden hangs his hat on spending all night in those first 15 plays. But, like you said, it does cripple you if you have a late turnover in the second quarter, just like the Packer game. That that play, looking back, felt like three turnovers in one. And that's where, for as good as Derek was just last week, Gruden's thinking, God, I mean, that Packer game, I know the score does not reflect the game, and he's right. Well, but also, you're not playing A-Rod every week, you know. So he gets down the field, scores, gets the ball, takes it down, scores again. But I, but you, you kind of, I mean, you say that, but then they went and played Deshaun Watson the next week, and then this week they got Stafford. The next week you got Rivers. I, I just think you do. Yeah, I'm just saying it in that in the the Packer game is the game where it leads to a 30 point blowout. Most games it it doesn't quite lead to that. You're still kind of in the game, and then the game comes down to two or three margin plays. And we say, well, that margin, that that one. It, my point being, it sometimes it feels like it hurts you more in in a lot of their other games, for sure. where they were going to win well, the game or really had a for sure. Like, like I don't think they were winning that Packer game anyway. I think the Texans game is a better example of he was basically flawless. He did have the one play that the dude from Ohio State went right through his hands that James Lofton said if he was three feet higher, like yeah, no shit. And even then, like bro, the guy's a linebacker. He might drop it if he was eight feet tall. But if Derek turns it over in the Texans, like Derek had no margin for error in the Texans game, right? And they still lost. Where in the yeah. Packer game, like you said, you're playing Rodgers. Even if Derek doesn't turn it over, you still might lose by multiple touchdowns. But the Texans game, I think Gruden can go, my quarterback played winning football, right? It was other parts of our, is our defense didn't play winning football. But my quarterback right. and our offense, we were winners. And that's what makes football, quote unquote, the ultimate team game. Like if it's, if football was basketball, it would have been like Deshaun Watson and and Derek Carr each scored forty five points, and then whoever got the last shot probably wins the game. Where in the Packer game, it was like, well, those three turnovers at the end of the first half, and then you know Kevin Durant hit three threes were kind of a backbreaker. Now can Derek string? And this is where, like you said, you don't play Rodgers every week. Well, I mean, you do play Stafford, who's been playing really well, and then Philip Rivers, who that team's been weird, but. We, the Chargers and Raiders just playing weird games. So you go, Derek's going to, for them to win these next two games, let's say they rattle off two straight wins. What would like Derek's touchdown to interception ratio have to be to win these next two games at home? Um, like five to one? Well, Stafford, to one? Stafford might throw you a couple and, and uh, Rivers might throw you a couple. 
So he could throw. So Derek conceivably could throw four picks and still have fewer interceptions than the opponent. But yeah, I would say they they like to run the football. So I don't. He doesn't need six, but I'd say like five to two. I'd say the difference right now between Stafford and Rivers, Stafford's got sixteen touchdowns. Like he he is. He's been pretty potent this year. How many picks does he Four. have? He's okay, he's, so he's, he's been good. I mean, he's been really good. So, and against a team... It feels like you can't throw one in that game because they're going to score a bunch of points. Yeah, on I think you can turn it over against Rivers because, like you said, he does the classic, you know, sand wedge in the air. You're like, Philip, are you trying to hit Jesus up there? What are you doing with this? Uh, where Stafford <laughs> is just is just throwing darts. I, I, I actually think most people are kind of acting like this Lions game is a little easier than it is. I think it's really difficult. Really? I think it's really difficult. Don't you? Well, what's the line? They can't be favored. That's a good question. The Raiders can't be favored in this you game. You don't think they're favored against the Lions? What would you guess I mean, What would you guess the line is right now? To, to me, well, the game's in Oakland. So, to me, it should be like Lions one and a half, two? Two and a half? The Lions are getting two points. Plus two. Yeah. I, how could you favor the Raiders right now? I mean, we, we, we like them. They've beaten, but they just, the Lions have been a better football team. Yeah. To me, I'd probably go pick them. Okay. Just strictly because I'd go, I think the Raiders are good. I'm, I'm on record of saying that. You are too. But you just go, well, Matt Stafford could easily throw five touchdowns against this team, right? They did lose the carry on Johnson. The, the running back from Auburn, I think they placed him on IR a couple weeks back. So they were really, really well balanced with him. Now they're just more flinging it around. Well, I, I think they feel comfortable because their quarterback's playing really well. Uh, all right, John, before we get to uh, some NFL headlines, let's tell the people about SeatGeek. The Raiders are home. It's been months. If you want to go see them, uh, you go to SeatGeek. If you want to go see the Warriors, you want to go see concerts, I'm going to go see the Niners. Uh, I've been saying it over and over and over again. College basketball, great bang for your buck. And the $10 promo code HAM at SeatGeek can really help your impact there. There's actually be some college hoops games at Chase Center. Um, there are? So promo code HAM, SeatGeek. Who, who's yeah. playing there? Pac-12 teams? Um, I think Cal. Does Cal play there? University of San Francisco plays somebody there. Well, it might be part of a doubleheader. What day are you flying back to the uh, the west side? Saturday. You want me to pick you up on Sunday and I'll take you to the Coliseum? Yeah, I mean, you were going to have to buy tickets. Yeah, SeatGeek.com. Yeah. Or, I mean, okay. SeatGeek, I'll download the app. I'll pick you up. I'll drop you off. And, Great. And uh, promo code HAM. Yeah, so if you want to go to the Coliseum. You're going to pick, you're going to drive to SFO and pick me up? <laughs> yeah, they'll take you right to the Coliseum because that's, that's okay. what you've been te- you want to go. You want to see the Raiders. That's true. So download the SeatGeek app, promo code HAM. Uh, also, what do we got coming up? Biggest Monday night game in the history of Levi Stadium. Uh, Seattle, a week from a week from this upcoming Monday. So, SeatGeek, like you said, Chase Center. I saw Warriors World tweeted out. He's mm-hmm. like, uh, or he just retweeted it. The, the Warriors were 0-2 and the, and the prices at Chase Center, you could already get in for like 50 bucks. Now, granted, it was high, but, you know, that screen's so big, you get in. You know, when opening night, those tickets were like 300 So, the, like we said... Keep an eye, guy. Keep an eye. The Kings lost again last night. Golden one and Chase Center. You might be able to find some deals at post Christmas. Don't you agree? Yeah. Well, I I checked in on the Kings. They were up like eleven at the half or something like that. I checked in in the second quarter. Yeah, I, think, I they think they lost like by they were seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. So they're on four. 
I saw Luke Combs was at uh, Golden One the other day. Yep. It's all a lot of Insta stories from there. So SeatGeek, big green dots. They make it super easy. Ear to the streets, basically. You're never getting taken advantage of by the uh, by the seller when you're the buyer because it makes it shows you what everybody's paying. So big green dot, good value. Little red dot, you say, I'm not paying that, man. What the hell's wrong with you? Come on, man. So that's how it works. Promo code ham. Come on, man. All right, some NFL headlines. Now, we should say, John, we're recording this podcast before the 4 o'clock Eastern Tuesday trade deadline. Do you think Le'Veon Bell, like there was just a report that the, the Jets are willing to trade Le'Veon Bell. Do you think Le'Veon Bell's traded by the time this podcast is out? What if the Patriots get him? <laughs> uh, so th- that's a great what if, because my thing with Le'Veon is like, I, I don't it's, do you even, and then if you said the Patriots get him, it's, oh, my God, the Patriots got him. On a lot of other teams, I'd go, yeah, so what? Yeah, I, I would say in my limited Jets consumption, you're right, he is on the block. But it's Manish, you know. I'm not saying questionable sources, but it's, it seems like he's already always, like, trying to take down the Jets. So this is a way to kind of – uh, make people but wouldn't you trade him if you're them? Yeah, 100%. Now, would you trade him for like a fifth-round pick just to get rid of him? I don't know. But he doesn't make very much money, and he is a good player. So you go, who needs a running back that's good? Seattle, no. I mean, could, would the Rams? Like, could you get him for a third-round pick? Now they just drafted yeah, Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas didn't sign him. The Eagles? I mean, could the Eagles take him? I think the Eagles would probably think about it. I don't know if they can afford oh. it, but... Yeah, I don't know if we're going to see much because we've already had some movement, right? Leonard Williams got traded to the Giants. You've had uh, Jalen right. Ramsey's already been traded. You had Muhammad Sanu, Emmanuel Sanders. It was kind of like, uh, was it the NBA trade deadline? There was a trade deadline where every, all the trades happened way before the deadline. Sometimes when that happens, right. like who are, like who's going to trade for Muhammad Sanu? And Belichick's like, he's already on my team, you know? Like these guys, and I, Maybe it got to the point where these teams are like, what are we waiting for? Like, we want this guy now, right? It used to be, mm-hmm. one, when we first started doing a show, the NFL trade deadline was not was like a fake topic because we knew nothing was going to happen. In, in fairness to, like, media people, it has become a topic in the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Like, there have been... When you start trading the Emmanuel Sanders, Muhammad Sanus, Leonard Williams, Jalen Ramsey's, I'm not saying it's basketball or baseball yet, but it's... It used to be irrelevant within like the decade. And now it's, and part of it is clearly younger GMs, more aggressive GMs, probably more consistent schemes around the league, like a lot of carryover stuff. Because it's pretty remarkable that Emmanuel Sanders shows up on Tuesday or Wednesday and plays 55 snaps, right? That's, you would say us growing up, that would have been sacrilegious with like the coaching fraternity. Like that's impossible. We can't teach him all that right. information. Well, sure you can. You know. Well, it turns out with Emmanuel Sanders, you just you get him, you throw him a bunch of passes on the first drive, and you just tell him what's. Coming. I would say, yeah, you're right. If Le'Veon Bell is traded in the next, we're doing this in the morning. That would be a massive trade. You know, not necessarily the impact. It might be bigger in name and the headline, but that would be a pretty big headline. Like, whoa, because you just think you're this right. guy held this guy held out for a year. He got a contract that. You know, let's call it what it is. Nowhere near what he wanted because 
Todd Gurley got $45 million, Zeke got 50 And you would say this guy in his peak was their level. Like he was an elite bell cow running back. He got about half as much as those guys. And then a, a, six months into his deal, he's traded. And when I say six months, obviously he just signed like in the spring. He's only been on the actual games. He's played, what, seven games? But in fairness to the Jets, what's the last thing you need on like a 1-7 and seven team? Like a running back. I mean, it's just it's pointless. It's like having a closer right in baseball on a shitty team. Like, well, we don't even win. Might as well get yeah. value for him. I just don't know. What would your number be? Third round pick? Like, is it yeah. worth it to just trade him for a fourth? Because what if you, the way the NFL works, what if you have a really good offseason and you're good next, or decent and he's on your team? I wouldn't trade him for a fourth. Would you trade him for a third? If I'm them. A th- third, I would strongly consider. Second, no brainer, he's gone? Yes. What's his, uh, how's his contract breakdown? Well, I think it was a pretty, I mean, it's just basically a front-loaded two-year deal. So you're paying them like $14 million a year for two years. And you, they've already eaten a decent amount of it. Yeah. So his so so his dead cap next year is $17 million, But after that, basically, so you're right. So you're basically getting them for a year and a half. So that's so that's where I would be like a third-round pick. Am I, is, am I re-signing him in 2021? No. I'm or not re-signing him, keeping him around. Well, what's his number then the following year? 2021 or 20 next year no tw- uh, what year are we in now yeah so it'd be 20 so th- so this year next year he makes next year's cap hits 15 what's it in 2021 13 and a half so there's no way you're keeping him but around. how much are you paying him? i mean what, it's unlikely what if he's good though so you basically get him on a three-year deal he's 27 years old 28 years yeah old. it's not crazy it's possible but but that but that's where his dead cap drops to four million dollars in twenty twenty one. Meta side of the Texans, Chiefs, and the Bills as likely suitors. What if the Chiefs got him? Huh? Yeah, then he'd be worth it. Shady had a bad fumble in that game. I don't. Well, he carries the ball with one hand. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, what do you think he does during ball security drills in practice? It's like I'm gonna sit through that. Like Lashawn, he does. You, you're too good of a player to like. I get it if you're just run if you got a wide open run you're walking in the end zone when you're like in the middle of the t- between the tackles fucking it's like no one is in well, peewees high and tight buddy John John no one's going for ball fakes it's not basketball <laughs> I <know. laughs> like, I, but I don't even I, 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 my thing is he's not trying to look cool or anything I think it's just muscle memory now right I, I think he just starts running and he just doesn't even a career of never being touched yeah, just, yeah. Well, uh, the problem is the older you that, get yeah. you get touched more yeah. Uh, as you said to me, Chargers fired Wisden Hunt. That, that's one last line of defense in front of Anthony Lynn. Is Anthony Lynn the coach of the L.A. Chargers in 2020? No. I, I would say like a, a Raider loss might get him fired midseason. Don't you think? I don't know. I've not been – there been – I haven't no, really there, been there haven't, to but the degree. It doesn't – Feel like I just read some like uh, the tea leaves last night. Usually, when you make a move like this, it's because the other guy's feeling heat. And then the one thing that I saw that was kind of unique, I didn't see it. I mean, I just thought of it. Usually, when a coordinator is fired midseason, doesn't it usually happen like seven in the morning? Like you just fire him the next day at work. It's to me not. It's a little abnormal. They fired him during the Monday night football game. So I wonder if they were in the office and they were just having philosophical differences and like the GM and, and the head coach because I was reading that it's not coincidence that they haven't been given Eckler the ball since Melvin Gordon came out and I don't know if Wisenhut 
obviously would want to give Eckler the ball. He probably doesn't want to give Melvin Gordon the ball. And they're kind of force-feeding this on him. So is there a chance that he's like, yeah, just fire me. I'm fucking out. This is stupid. Because when, when does uh, a coordinator ever yeah, get to fired me that at 7 or, at night, guy? That, that's pretty abnormal the, on a Monday. It's a good call. The The other scenario I could see is there's a discuss, like somebody wants him fired, somebody doesn't. So they argue during right. the day. Are they telling Anthony Lynn, like, Anthony's got to go? He's like, I'm telling you, it's not him. He doesn't have to go. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But you you that, agree it's a other. little weird for a night firing on a game week? You know? The, the, I'll give you one third. I do. I'll give you the third scenario. It's like the PR guy's like, no. Let's sneak this in during the game. So he'd been gone all game, all day. That could be the. Yeah, that, those are the three scenarios. I think. Wouldn't you say that's pretty unlikely in today's age of yeah, media that, and agents? It just makes no sense. No, yeah. I'm with you. Because again, I I don't necessarily know my theories. Right, I just think it's kind of weird. Now the Chargers are really yeah. weird, and this is back to the elephant in the room about Brady and Josh McDaniels going to the Chargers. Can you see? I, I don't think legally they can give him ownership, and. Dean Spano's going to give these guys like $15 million to Josh and $30 million to Brady. I, I I could see him giving $30 million to Brady. I just have a hard time. Like, he's going to give Josh $12 million a year. Can you see those two guys I, playing for the Chargers? I, I, I can't. Well, to, to me, if they were in San Diego, I'd say no. The fact that they are in L.A. where there are two teams and they're sharing Stan Stadium. So stadium's cool. This, but but I just mean like the NFL's pretty invested in in Los Angeles. They have two teams in that city. But Brady hates the NFL because they suspended him. No, no, I understand. I'm not saying Brady's doing it for the NFL. I'm saying the NFL can tell Dean to do stuff. That here's how you're spending your money, man. Yeah, you need you because need, we need you this need to something. be good. You need to do something because this ain't working. So then, well, part of this scenario, guy, would be if those two did go because I. Listen, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's clearly the most likely scenario if you were going to say he's going to leave and with Josh is the one that makes sense, and then you factor in the L.A. thing. Well, then Phillip Rivers, like, where does he go? Because he is a free agent. Because then it would be a pretty seamless move, right? They would just not franchise him. Or do they franchise him and trade him? Because you'd say the one thing with Dean, he's just going to let Phillip Rivers walk? You do agree it's a pretty complicated situation. I mean, franchising is pretty expensive. But what if Phillip just doesn't sign it, right? I'd have to look at their cap. Like, would they have enough room to just sign Brady on the dotted line immediately for like $30 Because you would say if Brady's going to the Chargers, he ain't giving fucking Dean Spanos. Like, oh, yeah, I'll just play for $19 million. I think Brady would want like $35, do not you think? It's like a one-year $35 million deal. Yeah, a, a uh, you know, part of this goes back to what's Brady's motivation. Does he just want to play in California? Does he want to be specifically? Does LA? Is there something about LA business opportunity that appeals to him? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, you do agree with this: if Brady does go with the Chargers and Josh is the next head coach, would you find it unlikely that he's going to take a quote-unquote like I don't just a severe discount for them? Like, Peyton Manning forced people to pay him. Like, you would think if he moved, like, he doesn't give a shit about Dean Spano. Yeah. You think he'd play for, like, now, maybe, like, 25, 26. He ain't playing yeah, I mean, for, like, to me 14. It's a simple, but, yeah, but, well, I don't know. I, I, you wouldn't think so, but why are you leaving? Why are you leaving a place where you're going to win a Super Bowl? If your goal is to win a Super Bowl, you got to help the next place win a Super Bowl. So, ultimately, if you're thinking, but if I, you're I think in that his mindset, thing would be, like, the, they're already equipped because they're pretty loaded with talent. 
Okay, you're fine. But I'm just saying, like, you're not... I, I would just say if you're thinking about things like that, you're not doing it for Dean. You're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it to give the Chargers a break. You'd be doing it for yourself. Like when Kevin when Kevin Durant took the little haircut to make sure they'd keep Iguodala, it was because he wanted to keep winning. Not necessarily because he cared yeah, about Yeah, it wasn't like, I'm, I want to do it for Joe. It was like, a, despite the fact that the NBA owners are able to limit their cost on... Which again, I got no salary cap. I got, I got no issue with it. But the point is, from a player's perspective, I'm just doing this for me. I'd agree. I just so maybe it's my. I hope he doesn't. I, I just. What'd you think of? I just uh, don't think Dean deserves Tom. I understand. I'm with you. What'd you think of Dolphins uh, Steelers on Monday Night Football? I mean, what a game, huh? <laughs> I just. Do you think the NFL does it on purpose? Gives them bad games. Just to like they think. Let's just let's just oh gives ESPN yeah, I mean, kind of no, I, mean I I thought there was something in the New Deal where like Sunday Night Football negotiated better games. Oh, they did, and fo- so did Fox. I think part of it too was like we can just it's Monday Night Football. It doesn't matter who we put on; it's going to be great. Because they do they do they do have some really good games coming up. I think part of it is like at the end of the day they put the Steelers on Monday Night Football. Like you think that's kind of a winning formula? Yeah, and I, I wonder if they just say to themselves like. When you put a random team like the Dolphins, you'd be like, well, maybe we catch lightning in a bottle and they're just competitive, right? Because you kind of bet on, it's not like you're giving them the Knicks that you know for 20 years have been shitty. The Dolphins, I mean, the stats were like they're always 8-8. Eight and eight. Part of it, you just thought, well, if we just get them, they're 4-4 four and four playing the 6-2 and two Steelers, that's fine, right? That's all you're really looking for. It just turns out that the Dolphins literally punted on the entire season well after the schedule. So if you wanted to counter my argument, you'd be like, fuck, we didn't know the Dolphins were going to trade every human they had that was worth a shit on their team. And I'd say that's probably fair. Because you'd say in the past, they've always been just kind of there. You know, not, they haven't been the Browns or the Raiders or anything, right? They've just been consistently seven, eight, nine wins. And that's, so if, if I can get a four and four team on Monday Night Football in late October versus the Steelers, I, I got myself a product. Well, as you, as you pointed out to me, too, the flip side is like, and I thought this was a great observation. You said to me, did you know the Steelers have more wins than the Browns? Well, that that's where I think they go, well, now think how often I bet the NFL schedule would be like, you know, Roger tells us, you know, kind of ride a hot team, and we get burned by it all the time. The Browns this year, the Niners last year, the Raiders a couple years ago. You know, for as many times as people go – because when the schedule comes out, it's like, oh, we get this, the next up and coming. The Raiders are all over Sunday Night Football. Same with the Diners. Then, boom, the team sucks. You know, they, they go, well, I gave them a game that in theory was going to be good. Because you're only going to have so many Patriot Chiefs where you're just like, both these two teams are going to be good. Or Packers, Eagles, you know, they're just locked. The teams are going to be good. Like, you, you do need to take some chances. And sometimes your chances, like, the Rams, oh, it hits, right? Because the, the second year of McVay, they went all in on the Rams, and the Rams followed up. <laughs> but for every time, the for every version of the Rams, we get a lot of versions of, like, the Niners and the Raiders, right? It is difficult. I, I don't think it's it's as easy as I, I think the common person, including myself, just thinks. Like, oh, just give them better games. Fuck. I mean, I, you, you kind of have to guess on teams on the come, and a lot of times they're like the Browns. Well, I, yeah, but I just mean, like, to your point, I think the point you were making when you mentioned it earlier wasn't about scheduling. It was just about, like, the Steelers in a year when everyone thought they were a disaster. They just they beat Miami. They beat the Chargers. They lost to Baltimore in overtime. They blew Cincinnati out. 
after they lost to the Niners, um, they play each other in three weeks, two weeks really, on Thursday night football. The Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers, John. That feels like in uh, the game's in Cleveland, but that feels like an opportunity for a flex game for Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, right? Just like you guys thought that was the team in this division. You thought we were crazy for trading for Minka? Well, it, it hit me last night when, you know, I was I did listen and Booger went Booger's like, you know, Mike Tomlin told me something last year that always stuck with me. He's like, no matter our record, we still show up to work with the same mindset. I'm like, yeah, Booger, every successful human says that. You know what I mean? Just, every human says, like, just keep your eye on the prize, whatever. I get it. But he also said, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing record. And Mike Tomlin ain't about to start now. Now, it's gonna be a, this is going to be difficult, but I feel like I'd bet on them to be 8-8 eight and eight before I'd bet on them to be 6-10 and 10 as we sit here right now. Right? Because they do have a bunch of home games coming up. They got the Browns a couple times. They still got the Bengals. The, the Ravens already beat them, but I think they could beat the Ravens the second time. Would it... If the, if the Ravens lose this weekend to the Steelers, I think the... Uh, who do the Steelers... Or I mean, the Ravens lose this weekend to the Patriots. Steelers play the Colts. That's, so that's a tough game. In Indy, right? Uh, no. It's in Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. So what if all of a sudden, when the weekend ends, the Steelers are 4-4 four and four and the... And the Ravens are five and three. You'd say, well, everyone in the Steeler building would be like, we're alive to win this thing. Stay yeah. hot. Because then we got the Bengals, then we got the Browns. We're right. Would it shock you if all of a sudden you look up and the Steelers are seven and five? Uh well, that means they go four and one against Indy, the Rams, the Browns, the yeah, I mean, you just ran through it. Oh, the, where, where's the Rams game? And also in Pittsburgh. See, that's what I remember Coward saying this like a month ago, like Everyone's going to bury them. Just get ready. They got a stretch where they get a lot of home games. And then their road games are Cleveland, Cincy. Which, then they play Cleveland. Then they go to Arizona. Which wouldn't you say so, they're yeah. used to? I mean, they, that's that's like not so, even road trips for them. Yeah, those five games, at, they should be three and two, which would put them at six and six going into their end of the schedule. Who's, is their end of the schedule hard? Uh... One, two, three, four, five. At Arizona, Buffalo, at the Jets, and then Ravens week 17. But who knows? So, so you would say if, if the- they could upset either the Colts or the Rams, <clears throat> they would be in decent position to kind of make a little a version of a run for them where they could get to nine or ten wins, right? And the Ravens, like the Ravens, like we've already said, they're playing the Niners, they're playing the Patriots. Like they got some some losable games. You know, that I think the Steelers got to be sitting in their building right now. Like, we're fucking alive here. Now, we got to win this weekend, but we are alive. And if I was a Steeler fan, I'd be like, I'd be, I'm pretty excited. It's kind of cool sometimes when everything goes against you. You know, you get rid of your best players, and for rightfully so. And then your best, your star quarterback goes down, and it feels like you're done, but the, the team refuses to punt, and then all of a sudden... You know, when the, when some of the smoke dissipates, you're like, well, we're not totally dead here. Now, this is a big week. This is a big week. And I was talking about with you, or maybe I was talking about with someone else. I do think the Colts are just one of those teams that, because everyone's like, are the Colts that good? They barely beat Denver. They're one of those teams where they're not, their talent is nowhere near like the Patriots or the Niners or the Saints. 
the reason they win a lot of games is because when they play a decent team or a good team, they give fucking 110% effort. Like, they play in the Chiefs. They're playing the Texans. They come out swinging like Chuck Liddell. They play the Denver. We're all humans. They're not going to be quite as focused. Then all of a sudden, you're like, God, it's a tie game going into the fourth quarter at home. And it's just, like the Steelers, I do think they'll give, like, high effort. And they might just be better than the Steelers. Because wouldn't you be, like... They're not gonna. They're not the type of team, because they're an overachieving team where they're gonna give a, average effort back to back weeks. It's just, and that's what happens with like, you know, above average teams that are well coached. You're just gonna have some clunkers, and as as long as you win a clunker, which they did. Someone DM me like I'm a diehard Colts fan. Do you understand why Vinatieri? Uh, he noticed this. He drive kicks the extra points, and he's been missing extra points like he drive kicks the 50-plus yard field goals. And I'm like, well, and sometimes he misses, you know, because he's just not hitting them as high. And I'm like, well, my guess, I'm no kicking expert, but at 46 years old, he's not like a McManus or a Tucker where he can just kick it way high in the air and just have it carry for 60-plus yards like he could a long, long time ago. So everything he has to hit is like a driver. He's got to swing really hard. Huh. And... Because you watch the game-winning field goal. I just saw the highlight of it. He fucking drills it. And, like, I think he still, like, when he really gets into one, has it. It's just when you're swinging out of your ass. Like, I don't think Justin Tucker, for a 55-yard field goal, is swinging out of his ass. He can control. Like, Tiger Woods now has to swing a little hard. Like, Dustin Johnson, when he hits a 350-yard drive, it's an under-control swing. Now, when he's 45 years old, it won't, like, Phil Mickelson's no longer can't control anything anymore. That I think Vinatieri yeah. has to give a lot of effort to make sure, like, he's just old, right? I would imagine. So, the, the, the extra point moving back has hurt him more than anybody. Yeah, because his leg strength isn't there, so it's just harder to control the drive kicks, I think. I'm, I'm guessing. I, I don't even pretend to be a kicking expert, but it was, a, it was an incredible, it shows you what the, like, when you're a diehard fan of a team, the little things you pick up are pretty incredible. Like yeah, they always true. say like fans, it's why it's hard for being national announcer sometimes when you fly in. Cause you're like, you don't know. Now, luckily with football, it's really hard, right? With baseball or basketball. Cause you're playing so many games. Like if you, if guy Haberman was calling a Colts game, you probably would pull up game pass. And like, obviously if you were doing an NFL game, it'd be a really big deal. You'd watch every single one of their games. Right. Yeah, well, I, the first time, John, I think we ever talked about this was Brian Wilson. Because I remember when he was the Giants' closer, and I always say fans know their closer better than anybody. The, everyone would be like, oh, the numbers are incredible. And I'd be like, yeah, well, the fans are on the edge of their seat every time he comes into the game. Because it's dicey. The numbers don't show it, but I'm telling you, everybody's nervous. Who was the guy that the and, A's uh, had, the Australian? Well, they had a few guys, but you're thinking of... Uh, when Liam Hendricks is Australian. You're thinking of Joe. Uh, I'm, think, John, I'm Joe thinking. I'm thinking of the guy that ended up uh, at the Tampa Bay Rays. When you first got to the Bay Area, he was the closer, and it was kind. Of, he was kind of crazy. You know who I'm talking about? Uh, he was crazy. Yeah, he went. Oh, Grant Balfour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Australian, right? Right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. But it's like good age you, you could just you could just look at some of his numbers. Like this guy's a pretty good player, and every A's fan is like, hold on for your ass with this guy. That's right. That's right. But it, but it, but in football, cool. it's harder to have hold on with your ass guy and not have most people kind of know about it, right? Like, wouldn't you say most casual, like most NFL fans know? Like, God, Adam Van Terry's missed some kicks, right? You just 
Just there's only because yes. you're only playing once a week. It's just easier for these stories right. to kind of just circulate and fantasy and fantasy for sure. We're in baseball. There might be like some backup pitch hitter for the Indians that everyone in Cleveland's like, I bl- this guy is our most clutch hitter. Where if you're just flying into the game, you don't really know that much about him. You know, he's only hitting. Yeah, 200. in baseball, it's like he baseball would be like our second baseman just cannot get the exchange on double plays, <laughs> and they're the only ones that know. In the NFL, if a guy has drop problems, everybody knows. Everybody knows. Like I, I would say, any other most NFL fans could give you like a full on breakdown of Mitch Trubisky right now, whether you live in Florida or yeah. California. That's all I got. I know. Uh, any other you uh, hell- New York? No. You, where, where you guys Take eating? Take the train. Where you guys eating there? Any big time places? It's a good question. I don't know. I don't have anything on the radar yet. I will tell you this real quick for anyone going to Philadelphia. We went to this restaurant called Zahav. What kind of food? What kind it of food? It was recently Mediterranean Israeli. It won the James Beard Award for the number one restaurant in America this year. You see, you the see Jeffrey Lurie there. I did not. The bill was one hundred and fifty dollars. Would you say that's a good deal or a bad deal? I would say for the number one restaurant in America, I'd say that's pretty good because you can spend. You have a few drinks. You get some. I mean, we ate a lot, John. A lot well, of food, well, like two desserts, well, let's bre- let's two break entrees. On the order, Raz, before we get out of here. Well, it's hard, you know. So you get six salads. In little bowls, you get a two. We got two big pieces of bread. Oh, so you, so, so you just pay one fifty, and they provide all the food. Well, th- there's you can go two ways. We did forty eight dollar price, forty eight dollars per person price fix. Okay, so you get like four appetizers, six salads, hummus and bread. You got a second of one of the salads. Do you pick them or they pick them. You pick okay. them. Four more appetizers. So there's a few different, um, few different things there. Two main courses. And they brought us a third as a gift. So we got lamb, a steak, kebab, a chicken, plus two desserts. And they were big. Plus drinks, two drinks, which were not part of the price fix. What would you say was the best but, item on the uh, menu? How, how good um, was the bread to dip into the hummus? I mean, I you know. You melt in your see, mouth? It's the, she's like, you want some more? I said, yes. Because it was the size of a. Because it's kind of airy, like right? A it's a platter. Light. Like a big platter. Yeah. How good was the hummus? It's phenomenal. What kind of flavor? Just just the plain. Just the the right the right flavor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How plain. good was like the kebabs? Very good. The lamb was fantastic. So, but anyway, I just shout out to them because I don't know if you could like the best restaurant in in the Bay Area. Everyone talks about is French Laundry, and I've always heard you can't get out of there for two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars. That's what that yes, that's what that restaurant called. Oh, that that's why Tim made such a big deal for so long about taking Jed there because it was really expensive. That's right. Gotcha. Yeah, it wasn't. It so wasn't. I, like I a just shout bill. out to the guy. Shout out to the owner, John. You have the number one restaurant in America, and it like we could have got out of there. I think for under, we probably could have got out of there for under a hundred dollars if we if we tried. Is that to. the best food you had in Philly? Well, we went to this place the other day called Bud Maryland's. You ever been there? Uh, no. It's really good. Roseman, Roseman, Roseman had me on a limited budget, so I, I was yeah. eating Subway sandwiches and taking food home. You went to mix a lot. I went to, yeah, but that's not expensive. So yeah, it's uh, pretty good food in Philly. Yeah, you ate at the facility a lot, as well, I recall. Yeah, I mean, if it was free, <laughs> if it was free, it was me. Okay, well, keep so, on eating, anyway. guy. Yeah, I want to. You're yeah, gonna, you're gonna come back it. and look like Roethlisberger. I've done I've done two like twenty five minute workouts at the gym, and you know when you're at a hotel and you do a twenty five minute workout, you feel like you just did. A, you're like you're so proud of yourself. At least I am. I might as well have just done like a 
two hour. Well, uh, the, the, all, the uh, other th- good thing though, sometimes when you're on like doing something like you do, you do feel you do walk around a decent amount if the weather's not terrible, right? That's true. I do. I do. So yeah. you can just do a lot of city walk. Yeah, a lot of city walk. Old man exercise. And the one thing good about Philly, it's a pretty walkable city. You know, yeah. it's not for being uh, one of the bigger cities in America, non like the top three or four. You, it's not difficult to get around. No. We'll tell everyone there I say hi. I will. Uh, Middle cop says hi. Okay, later. I didn't get a hey behaves on the streets of Philly. I was no, I don't. I don't know if we're we're big there. <laughs> all right, peace. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up. All with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.